We're here in our brand new layout. Welcome, everybody, to Season 6 of the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. We finally made it after so many delays. Thank you so much for joining us. I am JR, and he is Neff Canuck. Good evening, sir. How are you? I'm hanging in there. Uh, you know, uh, things have been uh, on the up and up after I, you know, broke part of my body, but... <laughs> Well, take it from me, you recovered a lot faster than I did when I did the same thing. Right. But, uh, yes, uh, long story short, for those of you in podcast land who are listening to us and haven't been following up since uh, um, things that have happened since we last had a podcast, yeah, I broke my hip uh, two months ago, and uh, it was uh, a... Bad, bad ordeal for a few days. Um, surgery was successful for the most part, and uh, I am uh, continuing my physical therapy. Uh, it uh, used to be two days a week, but now I've been clear to go back to work. I went back to work at the beginning of this month, so now I've cut the PT down to one day a week, and the physical therapist is telling me to do these hip um, flex extensions or something like that. <laughs> Oh yes, the the stuff that I still do daily to this day, mm -hmm. just to keep just to keep things kind of you know moving. Right. But uh, we are going to f fulfill um, uh, Flex's request there. Thank you, Flex, once again for the resubscription. Um, this is our brand new layout, and this is season six of the Extreme Anime Radio podcast. So between my rehabilitation and things going on on my end. Uh, personally, and things also going on Neff's end, um, and a, a little bit of a visit as well. Uh, we had to uh, put off the launch of the podcast until today, and so this is a wonderful occasion, Neff. Yes, I mean, I invaded New York for a couple of days. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. It was fun, and I remember once again why flying is such a pleasure and there's much sarcasm in that uh, word there, the TSA. Oh, yes, my TSA treated you nicely, did they? Well, let's just say it wasn't so bad going in. It was coming out, which, honestly, I thought would have been the easier, i.e., they want rid of me. 
but it turns into a wonderful gong show because, of course, with the various implants in my body the, and the fact that I have other issues, I can't quite do it the way the TSA wants, which means <laughs> I get, quote-unquote, special treatment. Yes, and it was quite literally a gong show when I left you off because the the, the alarms are going gong, gong, gong. <laughs> which, which apparently was the fire alarm. They wouldn't tell us where the fire alarm was, where it came from. All we knew is for about half an hour, we're hearing beep, 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 beep. And I'm going, is the terminal going to burn down? Is my plane in the process of burning down? What's going on? <laughs> but no, we had a wonderful time here, which we're going to get to right after I remind you that the Extreme Enemy Radio podcast is on Anchor at anchor.fm forward slash enemy radio or whatever you get your wonderful podcasting on Apple or Google or wherever, Spotify. Just search for the Extreme Enemy Radio podcast. And if you're listening to us, please follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash extreme anime radio. So, um, in thanks uh, for your coming over here, Neff, I wanted to wait until tonight to spring a little surprise on you. Did you get the surprise? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay, well, um, if you will check your email, you will see that uh, you have been gifted a three-month subscription to Tokyo Treat. Oh, you see, I, I'm, I'm at the point now because work is so busy... I don't look at my personal emails until, like, either very late at night or first thing in the morning while I'm trying to scarf down breakfast. <laughs> and that, as a result of that, I have 32 messages I now have to look through. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to find your message. It's probably here somewhere, and I'll have to find it later because I'm scrolling, and I'm scrolling, and I'm scrolling, and I probably miss it because I'm scrolling. Oh, there it is. You have received a gift. Well, thank you very, very much, Jr. Mm -hmm. That is most appreciated. We will have to we will have to arrange something when you come up here. You know, we are going to get you up here at some point. Yes, I will. I will have to figure out, of course, how to get you past security without, you know, uh, I mean, Pearson without, you know, you setting off alarms up here. <laughs> uh, I, we, I've already told this to Neff. You know, you know how they do it down here when you have like a, a medical implant, right? You think you would have to get like a um, like a written consent form from your doctor or something, or your orthopedic surgeon in my case, saying, "Hey, um, this is a special case because I have a medical implant." No, you go to the TSA website, you print out this little thing, and you're supposed to write down what your condition is. So, oh, okay. Now I was never told that because funny thing was I did check. Before I came down there, uh -huh. um, okay, what do I need to do? Mm -hmm. Now, the problem was things were a bit in flux with regards to, you know, COVID. And so it was a bit of a, you must fill out this declaration. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine, I print out this declaration. But by the time I get there, they don't give a rat's patootie. <laughs> I mean, seriously, people are wandering around, no mask, water. It's like... I feel like a moron, but I'm like going, this is a giant airport. I don't know what everybody's fact status is. Even though this place is brand new, there are a lot of places for germs to hide, including where I was sitting. <laughs> and and literally, Neff, while you're on the trip, the rules change back in Canada on face masks. 
Oh, yeah, that was pleasant, too, because going in, the old rules still applied. Mm -hmm. And we had at least two people during the flight basically say, the rules aren't for me, and take off their masks and get told repeatedly and sternly by the flight attendants, put your mask back on. I was afraid there was going to be a fight two rows behind me in business class about that. And then, of course, coming back, I would say it was about 50-50 people still wearing masks. Mm -hmm. And I'm like just going, you know what? You want to take your chances in this germ tube? That's on you. (laughs) Me, not so much. Right. I I would still be a little bit uh, reluctant at this stage, but we'll see where things are in a few months. Yeah, I mean... You know, it could be that in a few mo- that in six months to a year, this thing finally burns itself out. Because, mm-hmm. of course, that's what eventually viruses do, right? They eventually mutate themselves into being inert. Right. So, we'll see. I mean, I've had now my fourth shot. And just like every other shot I've had, within a day, I felt like 10 pounds of crap in a five-pound bag. <laughs> I was, uh, well... If there's if there's one thing is that yeah I could get up to date on my shots because I was at home doing diddly squat with my injury so I got my uh, I got my COVID booster the second day um, that it came out uh, in the beginning of September and uh, I think the following week I got my flu shot so I'm all set for the time being. Well, actually, you reminded me because. The flu, the flu shots still aren't available yet. I'm figuring next week or so. Really? Okay. But it was funny. But it was funny because I was able to book the flu shot, the COVID shot, before I left to come see you, for the day after I got back. Right. So it's like, okay, I got home late because our plane landed. Our plane took off late and landed late. Right. And it's like, oh, that's right. I set an appointment to go get a shot. Oh, good. <laughs> this was at noon. I was just so, so draggy at that point. It was like, you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, one thing that uh, we did... Oh, uh, before we continue, we have a few new little rewards in our chat if you're watching us on Twitch. So why don't you uh, check out those new rewards and see what they might be about. And uh, if one of them gets redeemed, then uh, we'll see what happens. But, uh, Neff, uh, we take you over to New Jersey, and you enjoy, for the very first time, Kaiten Zushi, otherwise known as a rotating sushi restaurant. And what were your thoughts on that? I thought it was quite an amusing idea. I was just afraid that I was going to cause an accident trying to take plates off the rotating conveyor belt. Because <laughs> it's like, okay, you have to grab it and open the thing, the, the dome where it's being kept at the same time. And for me, that's not quite gonna happen without help <laughs> oh here we go uh we have redeemed raspberries you know what that means neff let's see yes so here it is those are your raspberries and now we keep that on and there's a 10 minute countdown for the raspberries ah 10 minute raspberries <laughs> quite that's quite a lengthy uh, you know <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but what was your favorite uh, sushi over there? Or if it wasn't sushi, maybe. I Like, everything was so delicious. It was like, the problem was I could keep eating, but then I would regret it later. You see, I'm at the stage of my life where it's like, I like the taste of food, 
But I now realize that, yeah, if I keep eating, I'm eventually carrying all that food. <laughs> you know? And I don't carry stuff that good anymore. <laughs> well, uh, no, I had a wonderful time there, too. It was nice. Uh, Kura Sushi is the name of the restaurant. And in the New York City area, there are two of them. Uh, one is located on the other side of the George Washington Bridge in Fort Lee. And the other one is uh, further south, I believe, uh, kind of like around, I want to say around Lincoln, Holland, Tunnel Land, somewhere around there. Uh, but Kura Sushi also has a few other branches in the United States, including one in Washington, D.C., where I went with uh, Ducky and Mika and Mika's partner uh, last year. That was my first exposure to that particular brand, if you will, although I have been to rotating sushi restaurants in, in the past. Um, and Kura Sushi, of course, has a lot of places um, in metropolitan uh, areas in Japan. Um, so we went, uh, we went there and then we went to Mitsua and, uh, had a nice time at the, uh, uh, what we thought were, uh, actual, uh, guaranteed prize machines, but weren't. No, no, no. Those, those Gashapon machines, at least the ones in the Mitsua proper building, were nothing more, and I'm going to use a word, a scam. Yeah. <laughs> because... There was no way short of you opening the device, putting glue on the prongs, that you were going to get anything out of any of those machines. Yeah, it was... You know? The, 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 but the ones in the other store, at least, yes, you'd get something, because basically it was put in the, the tokens, turn the knob, and out comes your prize. That was guaranteed. But those, but those claw game ones, those were, yeah, just... And it was annoying because there was stuff in one of the machines that I really wanted from Spy Family. Mm. And it was like, if I had actually gotten something out of there, I might have gone into Anime North's charity auction for next year. <laughs> but no, they're so pricey even in that store, too. They were like uh, $7 a pool, and they charge you tax on it, too. Which is kind of weird. Wouldn't you build that into the price? Yeah. Like... <laughs> So um, I was really reluctant when I learned about the prices. Oh, and you have these small machines. They take single tokens. But, yeah, no, you have to buy six tokens to get the item, and those tokens also cost six ninety nine plus tax. <laughs> so, yeah, it was like th there was no way you were getting out of there cheap. No, but, um, no, I, uh, I wasn't going to do it, and then I see Salem Moon Crystal. Oh, well, you know me. I, I got my Sailor Moon shirt for crying out loud. I, I was going to say, when I saw that machine first, I was like going, yeah, JR's going to do it. <laughs> I, I, I was sure of that. There, were, there, there was nothing doubting in my mind to do that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I decided to buy two plays. And these were... Um, the um, Sailor Moon Crystal, I think, based... Uh, Sailor princesses, so they're dressed up as princesses, um, and I figured, uh, you know, I would take my chances, and I got the first one, looked inside at what it was, got the second one, looked inside at what it was, and I said to myself, I think I hit the jackpot, because the two characters I got were 
Neptune and Uranus in that order. And it's like, what are the odds of getting both Neptune and Uranus in two poles, one right after the other? <laughs> that uh, that was fun. That was fun. And uh, we have a question from the gallery. Have you watched? <laughs> this is the question we've always asked. It's like every podcast. We ask you this question, apparently. <laughs> well, unfortunately, my to-watch list, I mean, I've unfortunately added to it including stuff from this season. So it's like, I mean, I had plans during my vacation to knock down my, uh, you know, watch list to some degree. Mm -hmm. Never quite panned out the way I was hoping. <laughs> Although we did watch uh, one complete series, uh, Aran-san. Oh, Aran-san, I think Aran -san Yes, which I found very interesting. Now, I know there's an English dub. I haven't watched that one yet. Mm -hmm. But... I did start a new one from this season. Uh, it's called Beast Tamer. Okay. And and this one's one of the few where I'm going, I might stick with the Japanese, honestly. Really? Because because the first English dub episode, not quite sure what they were up to there, but hmm. because it, the, the problem is the, the, English episode, the English episode is trying to do cutesy things mm -hmm. that... To try and simulate what the Japanese did, but it doesn't quite work. Mm -hmm. At least, at least to me. Now, there's another series I started where I started the dub. Uh, it's an older series now. It's last season, Vermilion in Gold. This one, Pimp Daddy Moroku approved. <laughs> Just wow. Oh boy. Between the dialogue and what you see on the screen, you're like going. I hope the mature filter is on when somebody's checking this out if they're not into that stuff because whoa. <laughs> we uh, we tested out a few animes uh, that we came across that were pretty popular on Crunchyroll before um, settling on uh, Aharensan. Um, so I'm trying to I have the list here on my computer. The first one I think we watched was. Uh, trapped in a dating sim, the world of Ultima Games is tough for mobs. So we watched that first episode together. Yeah, I haven't watched more of that. I mean, to be honest, I, I've read the synopsis of it, and I'm going, maybe? Yeah. Uh, you know? I have, um, since you left, Neff, I have watched that series in full. Very, very charming. Uh, it's about a guy who... Um, has played this dating sim game. Dating sims are quite popular. Visual novels, very popular, coming out of Japanese culture. And uh, this guy uh, has played it so much, he has, like, encyclopedic knowledge of the game. And so one day he falls down a staircase, presumably dies, and is reincarnated as a mob character in this video game. And he's set out to try to um, forge his own destiny, if you will, instead of uh, following the destiny that he um, is expecting to encounter if he were playing the game regularly. Now, there's another series that I've read the manga for it, at least the first five volumes of it that's been translated, and it's one that I'm going to start, Eminence, The Eminence in Shadow, where... He's reincarnated, but he doesn't. He he wants to be the the background character manipulating things mm -hmm. from the shadows. Mm 
like setting everything up and then watching things play out with his little chess piece, chess pieces you know in in life so to speak mm-hmm. and in reading the manga you're going okay i can see where you're going with this but then they also hinted the fact that he isn't quite the background character he thinks he is mm-hmm. because there's somebody else Above him pulling the strings. Uh-oh. And he doesn't know it yet. <laughs> no. Um, I'll mention also the the second title that we watched was, I think it was A Couple of Cuckoos. Not, not us, not us, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but uh, the anime is called A Couple of Cuckoos, and uh, it's about, it's another, like, uh, slice-of-life anime, and this one's about... Um, a kid who I believe is in high school or college or something. And um, he is an apparent, well, I don't want to say a foster child. Apparently he was born and then uh, the hospital had a little mix-up and a family picked up the wrong kid. So yeah. he was re- he was brought up by a, a pair of delinquent parents. And so um, he learns the tough guy attitude and um, learns that, uh, well, the, the, the delinquent parents now want to introduce him to his real parents. And so on his way to that, he runs into uh, one of these Instagram um, influencers, if you will, seemingly about to commit suicide, stops that and discloses to the guy that... Uh, uh, she's going for an arranged marriage meeting. Can you pose as my fiance? She pulls some strings to force him to do that. And then uh, when they get to the uh, the meeting, uh, well, there are the delinquent's parents meeting his parents. Who, and their daughter, I guess, is the same person. So they realize at that point that they're the two that were switched at birth. And, oh, so you your fiancé. This is a wonderful thing. We don't want to let any of you go. Uh, we want to approve your marriage. And cue the insanity from there. Yes, that's, that's where we stopped. If, if it wasn't insane up to that point, it gets worse. Yes, so... That is probably the next series that I'm going to tackle, um, but I waited because it's a little bit longer. It is 24 episodes, so I'm waiting on that. And then, um, and when you say that, it's like it's a little bit longer at 24 episodes. We're now conditioned that 24 episodes is long. <laughs> okay, that, that's kind of frightening. I mean, the new Yurase Yasura series that's coming out is coming out in four parts, and I think it's going to be a total of 46. Mm-hmm. episodes and I'm going that's not long at all mm. in comparison to the original series right now remember remind me uh, so this is a, the Urusei Yatsura will be a continuation or a reboot no reboot wow so the funny thing is when, they, when you say reboot you think that they try to modernize things but apparently they're not going to hmm so you're going to see things like Dial telephones. Blink, blink. Oh, no. Well, I mean, for a lot of, you know, younger listeners, they're going to be going, dial telephones. You mean a big black... Wow. Wow. 
So, and I'm curious to see, I haven't watched any of the episodes yet, but I'm curious to see if Ataru's um, wandering eye maybe gets a little toned down. Mm. Because he was a little, no, scratch that. Basically, if it was attractive and female, he'd hit on it repeatedly <laughs> until it hit back, leaving him a bloody mess in the corner. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I'd like to see uh, if that style kind of comes back. And uh, even the fans in Japan are watching this anime on VCRs. Uh, what's a VCR? Never mind that. What's a beta VCR? <laughs> That's how they're watching it. CRT TVs and beta VCRs. And I'm just going, now I know I'm old because I know what that means. <laughs> well, early 1980s was Odoseyatsura, right? So that would have been Betamax territory, right? Yep. Yep. Wow. We're getting old. Laserdisc, I... Liz says. Oh, God. The best part is the original series is now being... Uh, put out again on Blu-ray. So everybody, every one of those of us who've tracked down all the DVDs, or most of the DVDs in my case, are now going, you mean all that money and all that time, we just poof? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, it's... Uh, I wonder if that will lead into maybe the original series... You think they will release the original series, or oh, unless it's out already? Over to say Uh The original series, it, it's being, it's either being planned for, or it is already in the process of being released. Okay. So now I'm sure the stuff that came with the original DVDs, such as the translation cards of some of the more obscure puns and uh, Japanese folklore, will not be included, from what I understand, as separate cards. Mm -hmm. It may or may not be on the discs. Okay. I mean. I would hope they would at least include it on the discs because some of the references, unless you're really into Japanese mythology, are going to go so far over your head, it had airline tickets. Mm. I'm definitely looking forward. I'm going to add that to my list wherever it shows up. It's, I on, lost high track of it. it's on high dive. It's on high dive. Ooh. Yes. That means so I the have question to... then becomes, are they going to dub this? Hmm. They've tried dubbing USA Yatsura before. A couple of the movies got dubs. Right. There, there are some test footage that's available on the DVDs anyway. Okay. Of some various attempts at dubbing, including a British dub. Huh. Long with a British accent. No. Why? No. 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 <laughs> and then there was one dub they tried. She had a Russian accent. Now, maybe I could see that, mm -hmm. but it's kind of weird. So right. I'm, I'm I'm curious to see if they if they do dub it. I mean, they may not. It, again, a lot of series nowadays, whether it gets a dub or not, depends on whether or not they think it will expand the appeal, mm -hmm. right? Or if it's something that they know is going to, you know, appeal to the average anime viewer who, you know wants, you know, their their entertainment quick and dirty and, and uh, not so cheap anymore. Mm. Uh, really quickly, what are your thoughts on Aharen-san? Uh, talk about uh, breaking your characters out of the shell, huh? Yeah, I, I, I'm just laughing because Aharen-san herself is kind of like this, I, I want to say Rei Ayaname type, mm -hmm. where she's basically 
not much phases her. Mm. But when it does, uh-oh. And then her family members. <laughs> when the younger sister looks older than she is. Mm-hmm. And the younger brother, mm, how do I put this? Um, let's just say has an interesting fashion sense <laughs> and leave it at that. Yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then you have uh, Raido, uh, the big uh, the big guy. There's a big, big height difference there if you watch the show. Uh, also, you know, what's going through his head? Sometimes, honestly, watching that show, I don't think much was going through his head. <laughs> I, I got the impression that he was not necessarily the sharpest tool in the shed. Mm. But, uh, no, a, a good time to get back into anime now that things seem to be normalizing uh, in Japan. They've reopened the borders to independent tourism, finally. You remember, uh, Neff, when we started this podcast back in the beginning of 2020, and we're like, what, what's this COVID? And then everything went downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I have looked, and I'm I'm finding it very odd that you know various airlines are now running specials to to fly to Japan, mm-hmm. and I'm going maybe, mm-hmm. but it's more like I need a translator, if not a babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now the big talk in Japan is not about tourism; it's the actual yen. Um, the yen is at a level unseen, I, I think, maybe since I was born, uh, over three decades. And uh, it looks like uh, we could be close to a second intervention by the Japanese government, which is why I'm happy I bought some yen today. <laughs> well, well, I'll say this. Unfortunately, now, the only way to guarantee yourself that your currency doesn't necess- doesn't go splat against other stronger currencies mm-hmm. is interest rates. There's yeah. no other way. Yeah, because you have to make your you have to make your uh, currency uh, palatable to others. So in this case, it's more like saying, okay, um, so if I in fact you know don't raise my interest rates, here's what's going to happen. Now, when Switzerland is still holding on to a negative monetary policy to this day wow. at minus 0.1 percent mm-hmm. interest rates and they're still holding on but i can't see them holding on much longer wow because everybody's complaining now about inflation in switzerland which almost never has never happened right because because the, the currency has been so strong for years that like they just buy what they want right um now i'm just looking here Holy mackerel, the midday rate for the Japanese yen to a Canadian dollar, 108.3 Japanese yen to a Canadian dollar. And wow. As we're recording this, I'm going to check here. Although I don't know how often they update this, but uh, let's see. If I scroll down, ooh, we're almost at 150, 149.88. And, there's, and apparently the finance minister of Japan is once again... Warning about uh, speculative moves in the Japanese yen. But uh, I, I've, I've read some different stories about, uh, you know, um, the Bank of Japan keeping interest rates at zero 
while here in the United States they go up, 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 up because everybody's spending a lot. And, um, well, they say, you know, maybe uh, it's time for us to install a new Bank of Japan governor who will, um, you know, do something better for the yen. Um, so the current governor's term expires at the end of March. So there's speculation and, and word in the news that maybe at that point there'll be a change and then a shift uh, after that point. So like our governor in Canada, Bank of Governor in Canada, uh, they, they, don't, they are independent and do what they think is best for the economy, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay, I mean... Again, it, it comes down to really what the governor thinks is best for the, the country alongside the fact that the prime minister may or may not say to them, um, yeah, uh, you've got to do something here because things are going, things are going rough for me. Mystic White you know? Dragon cannot be the governor of the Bank of Japan, Flax. No, just no. He, he, I, he does well in crane games, I'll give you that, but that's it. I'm saying maybe we need to have him hit up the crane games and send us what he gets because <laughs> between the two of us, no, we had no luck whatsoever. So, so yeah, um, but like I said, it really comes down to now what happens next because, yes, you're right, interest rates are going up and uh, mortgage rates are going up. And in Canada, where there's a lot of speculation in real estate, mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who went on variable mortgage rates who are right now very, very, very scared mm -hmm. and very, very unhappy. Mm. Oh. I don't have to worry about that. So <laughs> I can just watch the carnage and go, you can you just walk off the cliff you decide to walk off on. I'm just going to wave bye-bye as you go like my Wiley Coyote, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to share a little show and tell over here because there's some other news coming out of Japan that's kind of putting, in a way, a little bit of a black eye on the country. So just give me one second. It's right over here. Uh-oh. So now he's going to show us something, folks, that will probably scare all of us, including yours truly. Do you remember this character, Neff? Yes. That's Mirai Toa. The uh, I, I, I just do the rest of the podcast like this if I wanted to. No. <laughs> uh, that is Mirai Toa, uh, Mirai Toa, or I want to say that's how it's pronounced. One of the mascots of the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. Um, the other one is Someiti, the Paralympics mascot. And um, as we all know, the Tokyo Olympics was postponed to 2021 because of COVID. But now there is a big bribery scandal coming out in Japan involving a former director at the Tokyo Olympic Paralympic Organizing Committee, a man by the name of Haruyuki Takahashi, if I'm not mistaken. And over the last two months, Mr. Takahashi has been arrested not once, not twice, but four times. He has four separate arrest warrants for accepting bribes from various Japanese organizations and companies in exchange for preferential treatment for sponsorship contracts for the Olympics and Paralympics. 
Okay, now I'm going to back you up a step, half a step here. Why would it take four separate arrests to do this? Why wouldn't you just arrest him once and charge him four times? Well, um, I'll tell you my experience of understanding uh, Japanese culture over the years. Um, if you're arrested in Japan, uh, you hear the conviction rate is very high. Um, and that's a fact we read about in the news all the time. Um, so, Mr. Takahashi, when he was arrested the first time, he denied any wrongdoing. And sometimes what Japanese prosecutors will do, and this is what happened to Carlos Ghosn. You remember what happened to Carlos Ghosn? Who's, uh, oh, yeah. Who's in, uh, I think he's fled Japan now, right? Uh, in an interesting mm -hmm. way. You heard about that from a few years ago? Oh, yeah, I remember we talked about it, actually, a few, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So that was the Nissan Pro. Got shipping container. Yes. <laughs> but what happened is he denied any wrongdoing, and then prosecutors slapped him with a fresh arrest warrant several times. When you're arrested for a crime like this, the maximum they can detain you is 23 days. So... Before the 23 days is up, before they could get, he could get out, they slap another warrant on him. So they did this to Mr. Takahashi four times, four separate arrest warrants, and uh, the first three he's been indicted on already. Um, and uh, so the, the news with regards to this is that this company, Sun Arrow, who makes all the plushie dolls for the uh, Tokyo Olympics and Paralympics, including all the mascots, uh, they are alleged to give um, Haruyuki Takahashi uh, 7 million yen in exchange for a preferential treatment. Which 7 million yen is not a lot of money, um, but um, then you look at the other arrests and you see that tens of millions of yen he has received in total through these four arrest warrants and through the various companies over one million US dollars in bribes and one of the companies whose president was arrested um, a company that will ring a bell because they're one of the major publishers in Japan and also responsible uh, over the years for uh, producing some of the anime that would be Kadokawa So it was Ooh. one of the sons of the founder of Kadokawa, who was the president, he was arrested over this bribery scandal. Yikes. So um, now all these arrests uh, are being viewed in some news outlets as um, possibly being detrimental to Japan's bid to host the 2030 Winter Olympics. Um, I believe the, the two candidate cities right now are Sapporo in northern Japan and Salt Lake City. Now, my question. I wonder what was the originating source for all this information? And I ask that because 
if the originating source just so happened to be somewhere in the United States of America. Wouldn't, wouldn't that just be interesting enough to go, really, how else can you sandbag your competition by, but by embroiling them in a bribery scandal going, hey, our hands are clean here in Salt Lake City. <laughs> that would be kind of a low-blown move, wouldn't it? Yeah. Which, of course, is malarkey and baloney because every Olympics mm. from every country, there's always been a little bit of, uh, shall we say, the grease. Mm. It's a question of how much grease and whether or not they were caught. Let's see. Uh, we are going to look at this article, which I pulled up from Reuters. This is so big that Reuters reported on it. Um, so the first arrest was in August. And the Asahi Shimba newspaper reported that uh, he was suspecting receiving bribes from clothing retailer Aoki Holdings, who did... Um, um, uh, the the like a men's suit retailer I think. Uh, were they were they doing the Olympic uniforms? I wonder, because that would be the only that would be the only reason it would make sense, right? To right. To, to to get a bribe in that that early in that fashion. Right. So we go back to a Reuters article back at the end of July where they raided Takahashi's uh, home. Uh, let's see. The investigation is looking into whether payments of 45 million yen, and that's what they arrested him for. Um, yes, there's no, at least in the Reuters articles, there's no indication as to how this all came about. A, a tip mm -hmm. should, should have come from somewhere. Yeah, in other words, this sort of information just doesn't poof out of the ether. <laughs> somebody talked or somebody found something. Question is who and when, mm -hmm. right? I mean, in my real job, that's part of my thing is to figure out, okay, you got here, but how did you get here? Right. Right? Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I'm going, there's only two candidates for this, for this Olympic bid, one of whom now has massive scandals on their doorstep over the yeah. last Olympics uh -huh. they held in their country. So like I said... Ooh, I, I take this back. Um, I looked it up. Apparently, there's a third candidate. Oh, ben there's a third Vancouver candidate. Whistler. Again? <laughs> I mean, we had him in 2010, okay? Yeah. Now, to be fair, Salt Lake was... you Okay, you had Salt... I'm trying to remember. Salt Lake Winter Olympics. When was that? Was that 88? No, that was Calgary. Um, oh, you've, had, you've had them before. I want to say 2000, was it 2000, was that after 9-11, wasn't it? 2000, yeah, 2002. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. So you had them in 2002, you're trying for them in 2020. Okay, well, see, the other problem with the modern Olympics is that they're now so big and so costly that there is a movement afoot to try and either minimize the costs by having permanent facilities and then only going to select locations mm. because otherwise the only ones who are going to bid on it now are going to be places where um, let's just say human rights don't mm. exist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so 
this is one of the, this is one of the things the Olympic Committee is trying, the International Olympic Committee is trying to do. Mm-hmm. Say, okay, let's you know, if not scale it back, at least you know get facilities that can be reused, mm-hmm. etc. But part of the problem is that with each Olympics, they've always built housing for the athletes, and then turned that housing over to the public for sale, whatever, what have you. Right. So the question is, can they? continue that model or does something else have to change mm. and there's also the thing of all these uh, stadiums that are just left up after the olympics are done and stuff <laughs> oh yeah if you want a good example of olympics of, of stadiums left to crumble real real 16 oh yeah that that's just that's just sad for all for all of that money labor and effort and what they look like now a, fa- a famous comedian uh, once put that uh, what uh, what they did in Brazil was uh, pave paradise and put up a parking lot. And that, my friends, is the most accurate description of what happened in Brazil. <laughs> it's, it's sort of like the World Cup that's coming up in November in Qatar. Mm. Qatar is the proper Qatar, pronunciation. Yeah. Where basically they're putting up these stadiums with slave labor in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. and as soon as they're done, they're just going to let them rot. Mm. But, they, but they can afford to do it because, of course, you know, oil-rich nation, they don't care. Right. Despite what people say about, you know, nations in that area, th- that area is kind of a place that is on my bucket list, Dubai especially. I, you know what? I mean, it might be okay for some folk, but for folks like me, I'm not sure it would be very safe. I think so. Okay. I I, I have this feeling that yeah, they're they don't look too good for people who you know need extra help. Right. Or if anything, but, they have they have excellent airlines with excellent connections. <laughs> I, I was gonna say their airlines. If you're if you're able to pay, ooh, they they got some nice planes and they got some nice seating. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it makes it makes Scare Canada at their at their best look like you know <laughs> cattle car. No. Um, one thing though is affecting. I'm sure it affects those flights in that direction. Most international flights, the fuel surcharge. Now you have to pay a fuel surcharge, even if you say you're redeeming points. What was what's supposed to be a free flight? Now you got to pay the fuel surcharge. Speaking of surcharges. Thank you for reminding me to remind our Canadian viewers Uh that as of October 15th, which was a few days ago now, as we're recording this, Canadian uh, retailers can now pass on credit card surcharges to their customers. Whereas before, they were eating them as part of their price. A recent class action settlement against MasterCard and Visa allows them to now say, no, we're going to charge you if you pay by credit card. So here's the thing. They've already been doing that for years with the prices they have because they've never differentiated between cash and credit. But now they get to charge you extra for the privilege of using credit. And it's not clear whether or not they'll be able to charge you more depending on the level of credit card you have. Wow. So I'm going, whoa, 
a minute, but then I realize the everybody says, well, just use debit. Well, first of all, debit does not have the same level of protection against fraud mm-hmm. as credit cards. Okay, this is not. Second problem is you have to have the if you is you have to have the money, and you might not have the money right at that moment. It might come in with payday. You never know. I mean, some people live live literally paycheck to paycheck. Right. So now the question is going to be, what are retailers going to do? Because unfortunately, depending on the province in Canada, it, it, that it'll be what happens. Because, for example, in Quebec, they are limited to what they can charge. And in some cases, they can't even charge extra for credit cards hmm. because of their consumer protection. Wow. Whereas where I live in Ontario, it's basically, <laughs> they don't care. The government wow. doesn't care. It says, let business do what they want. Wow. So now there's a movement afoot to try and keep track of who's charging extra to turn around and say, okay, anybody who charges extra, we will not use you, but we'll go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Except... One of the major telecommunications providers, TELUS, which is what I use, Mm -hmm. has said they are charging for credit card use, except they tried to push everybody onto pre-authorized payments by credit card or uh, bank thing. So it's like, so you basically set us up the bomb (laughs) to, to to use an old phrase. War is beginning. Yes, but the problem is, so TELUS says they're going to do this, and everybody says, okay, we'll just use the other two providers, Bell or Rogers. The problem is, in the Canadian telecommunications uh, sphere, it's a lot of monkey see, monkey do. Mm-hmm. So unless they see a mass exodus of people from TELUS to Bell or Rogers, Bell or Rogers is going to turn around and go, you know what? If you can do it, we can do it. <laughs> Who's going to stop us? There's no one else to go to. Wow. So. Well, let's see. Uh, when was war beginning in AD twenty one oh one, and it's two thousand twenty two? We're not too far off, are we? Oh dear! All your base are belong to us. Uh, all your money are belong to us. That's the problem. <laughs> but uh, I'll be really quick on these fuel surcharges. Um, most international destinations you go to now, uh, if you pay a cash fare. They'll implement the fuel surcharge, and if you pay points with your frequent flyer points, they'll still implement the fuel surcharge depending on what airline you book with. I was looking at, um, there's this website called ITA Matrix, which now Google owns, and um, if you type in um, a you know pair of cities and um, you click on a fare, it'll give you a breakdown of the fare. So um, in recent uh weeks i found uh, fares going to uh, from the us to both japan and to south korea uh $1200 round trip in coach okay so how does that break down um i want to say it was um $100 in each direction going to the actual seat for the actual seat you would sit in on the plane so that's $200 there, and then $868 in fuel surcharges, and the rest in taxes. <laughs> then again, we just got word that Pearson is going to be upping their airport improvement fees on tickets going in and out of Pearson. Uh-oh. 
It's like, you could actually improve the airport first and then charge for it. That'd be a novel concept. <laughs> you know, but that's not Pearson. Pearson is, they charge you, they don't improve anything, and then they charge you some more. Wow. But, uh, it seems like it's going to be cutthroat as far as these airfares go wherever you go now. Well, you see, now the problem is everybody implements the fuel surcharges because what else are you going to do? You're going to walk? Yeah. You're going to flap your arms? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, gas prices have gone up again here. I mean, luckily, again, thank God I'm driving a hybrid. I don't notice it as much, but I happen to notice that gas is now $1.60 a liter again. Mm. And it had been down as low as $1.39 about two months ago. Right. So it's like, oh boy, here we go again. Yeah, well, this would be a whole discussion about uh, fuel and what you know, political situations and uh, and tapping into oil reserves, which I heard happened today. Yeah, I heard about that, and I'm going. Considering that in the U.S., a truck is basically almost as sacred as a gun to mm-hmm. people. I don't think it's going to matter much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to I mean, we we in Canada, there is a portion of us who still, you know, want our giant trucks to go to the mall. But a lot of us are going, you know what? I don't want to pay nearly two bucks a liter for gas. Mm. So I'll get something that's a little more efficient. Mm. But like I said, down in the U.S., it's like, no, 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 no. I mean, in your neck of the woods, I was surprised there were, there was a, there was a large number of, you know, vehicles that were, reasonably efficient mm-hmm. you know and then i remember when i was in texas and it was like truck truck <laughs> truck and did i send did i mention truck <laughs> bring out those silverados uh and the ford f-150s and 250s and you know all the other numbers above that the, the, there's a reason the simpsons made that joke about the canyon arrow <laughs> Oh, Liz has an F-154 door. Oh, we got to watch out. <laughs> well, I mean, if you can afford to pay for it, oh, I'm sorry, but at our gas prices up here, to fill up a typical F-150, which has a 132-liter fuel tank, mm-hmm. maximum, okay, at $2 a liter from empty, do the math, mm-hmm. $264 from empty. I'm sorry. That's my grocery money for two weeks. <laughs> Barely, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, ooh. Yeah. That reminds me, uh, as we wrap things up, I've got about uh, $90 in Uber Eats credits that I have to use before Halloween because yesterday Uber Eats posted the uh, the video of uh, this is little um, horror video for Halloween. And inside the video were hidden redemption codes. Uh-oh. So I ended up, like, with 80 or $90 worth of free stuff. <laughs> well, there you go. N- nice way to get free food. So, uh, all, all from convenience stores. I have to get them from convenience stores. So if I need well, to, to get some snacks and eggs, I'm, I'm all set. Well, there you go. Um, speaking of uh, convenience, before we go, uh, you did want to mention, because you mentioned it off air, uh, the NHL season started again. Ah, uh, yes. And in an attempt to increase what is known as hockey-related revenue, 
the boards at your local arena are now of two types. One is the type you see in the arena, the the type you see on the screen. Because what they've done now is they're superimposing various and sundry ads catered to your local market depending on where your team is playing. And uh, that will be called virtual placement from somebody who works in the industry. Virtual placement. You can tell that person, whoever they are, (laughs) that the NHL's version of virtual placement is gross and insane. My, my, My favorite problem is hockey is a fast paced sport. Surprise, surprise. So when you get a player who is streaking down the line and the boards try to follow him and the ad becomes nothing more than an illegible smear mm-hmm. as it's trying to follow him. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, no, no, you're going to make people motion sick. In fact, a lot of people have complained that they are getting motion sick with the ads versus the players, the, the disparity. And in some cases, there have been reports that people who are uh, subject to epileptic seizures due to fast-moving lights and scenes have been having issues. Mm, I, I... Now, if if that becomes a thing, I think the NHL is in a big trouble. I've seen some of these ads, and I mentioned it to you. The motion in the ads is sometimes these logos kind of pop up. They're equivalent, uh, I would say, to uh, soccer ads, because the soccer ads I see when during these soccer games all look exactly the same. And those are boards that are in the arena. You see, the funny thing is, okay, now I'm watching the Premier League international feed when I'm watching soccer, okay? mm-hmm. not, the, not the feed that you get. But that feed, the boards themselves change, right? right? It isn't that something is superimposed on top of them. So the boards themselves change. Mm-hmm. That's easier to stomach and digest mm-hmm. as opposed to the fact of these virtual boards, especially when depending on the cut of the camera, like when they cut, mm-hmm. You're getting one set of ads catered to your local market, for example, in my case, Tim Hortons. Right. And then all of a sudden, bango, you now have ads for Crypto.com because it's a game in L.A. (laughs) It's like your brain tries to process this, and you're like going, huh, what happened? Because I was seeing ads for Tim Hortons, and all of a sudden I'm seeing Crypto.com, soon to be known as Bankrupt.com, but that's another story for another day. Ooh. Well, uh, yeah, um, that'll be something I'm be interested to follow up as the season goes on. Um, wow, we 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 spoken about a lot of things in an hour, Neff. It's good to be back on this podcast, huh? I was going to say I didn't even realize till you said something because I'm you know just doing my just doing the thing and I'm just looking down. And I'm going, holy <laughs> crap! It's an hour. <laughs> so we will have to do this again next time. Um, now next week. I don't know exactly what the schedule is going to be. We may, we may decide at the last minute to do the podcast, but um, I do have some things going on early next week, uh, so I don't know, again, what the schedule will be. The following week, of course, is Halloween, and so I, I do intend to sit on the porch with the orange light and kind of dress up and give candy out to some people all day long. That's a... That's a that's a family tradition that I'm not going to break, uh, even though I had a break in my hip. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, there are certain things you shouldn't break. Hip is one of them, and traditions are another, as long as they're <laughs> safe traditions to have. <laughs> 
So with that, uh, why don't we go into the uh, closing commentary. If you'll just give me one second, Neff, because I have to add your voice into this little scene. And uh, now you may go ahead with the closing commentary. If you have any questions, concerns, compliments, or complaints about this podcast or one of our Twitch streams, drop us a line at extremeanimeradio at gmail.com or check out our social media pages. Get to our social media pages, go to linktree.com forward slash anime radio. There you'll find links to our Facebook page, our Twitter account, our Instagram account, our Discord server, and our YouTube channel. And archived versions of this podcast are available at anchor.fm forward slash anime radio or your chosen podcast platform. And if you're watching us on uh, Twitch, uh, this is the layout that we're testing now uh, along with the uh, the new look that we have on the side of the page. Uh, yes, Nev has this down path. Thank you, Caldeth. <laughs> um, but if you have any thoughts about this layout, do let us know. Um, what I eventually want to do is try to experiment with different ways that we can uh, get uh, the webcams of various guests in for our live shows. Um, we're kind of rigging this through Discord right now, but there are other ways we can do it. And if I can just learn on how, then uh, that might make our podcast shows flexible in the future. We can bring on other guests uh, besides just uh, a couple of cuckoos. I made that joke again uh, here on the show. <laughs> I thought you were going to break out into song for a minute there, so I was going to, you know, just... Just the two of us. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm no. to remember that song. That's the problem. Ugh. No, 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 no. Uh, so uh, we will see you next time on the podcast. Uh, once again, follow us on social media and on our Discord for the latest updates and when that next show will take place. In the meantime, for Neff, I'm JR. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And remember, keep on looking out for the Extreme Radio Twitch streams. And don't forget our archive podcasts or anchor.fm forward slash anime radio. Good night, everybody. Good night. We'll see you next time. And that is a wrap for podcast season. <laughs>